everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. And we want to welcome you to the two half squads. We've got a special guest with us today in the studio, in our in our amazing studio. Joe Pelham. <laughs> it is amazing. And so is our guest. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here today. Glad to have you with us. We, we had a... Uh, Sorry, it's taken us so long to get this show out. We've had some technical difficulties in the studio, so we're all huddled around Dave's app computer. Hey, whatever works. I'm sitting closer to you than I really normally would care to, guys. I, I can feel your body heat. <laughs> you had garlic for uh, lunch today, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did, Joe. <laughs> I can tell what he had last week. We're sitting so close. Well, today is April 7th, 2008, and we are pleased to bring you the special edition with a special guest, Joe Pelham. Um, first order of business, I think, we'll go to our, um, it'll be a bit of a different outline tonight. We should probably go to our favorite scenario, uh, each give a report, and then maybe an update on the Tarawa game that Jeff and Joe have been playing. So without further ado, let's go to someone's favorite scenario. We'll start with Joe. Okay, uh, well before I go into my favorite scenario, uh, real quick, I just want to introduce myself, I mean formally. So, of course, Joe Pelham, and I'm otherwise known as Jay Pelham on the Game Squad forum. Um, I frequent that forum quite a bit. I'm up to like 800 posts, I think. Uh, not, not that all of that is good content. Some of it's political discussion. Some of it's just uh, haggling over the Mile 18 thread that, uh, that it's up to 6,000 posts, I think. They're, they're trying to hit 10,000 with that. Uh, that's a whole other topic. But anyways... Uh, my favorite scenario uh, I choose for today is uh, Lennon's Sons from uh, from their most recent journal, Journal 103. Um, why I pick it, I just like it. It's an early war, Russian, Russian front, of course. It's uh, German versus Russian, and uh, specifically it's SS versus the Russians. You love your SS, don't you? No, I used to, but uh, definitely in recent times I've gone towards PTO. No, that's but, correct uh, for you. I like that nine rally on the back. Yeah, and then uh, what I like about this is just uh, there's no armor, so there's none of the, none of the. Uh, granted, it is early war, but uh, there's just there's no super tanks. Uh, strictly on infantry uh, uh, maneuvering, and um, basically both sides have some good troops, good level uh, morale. The the Russians get their guard units, Germans get their early war SS with the four six eights, but they also both sides get some demolition charges, and. It, the board it uses the rare uh, board forty two. Ah, board forty two, much and, much touted. I have I ever seen actually seen board forty two. Yeah, we played this. I think uh, we played this last year. You sometime. and I played it. Yes. Okay, I was yes. drunk that night. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> board forty two is rare because it came out with an action pack, an earlier action pack, right? That is yeah, no longer it's no made longer and made, and not yes. everyone buys the action packs, and so. And so until Few Return came out last year, or last fall, I think it was, uh, you know, I had all these scenarios in my, my playbook here that I wanted to play, and of course, uh, it seemed like most of them were either board 42 or 43. Uh, but basically, it's just a, it's a real simple, you know, on one side you got the forest, so the, the, the Germans got to decide whether to, for the victory conditions, they have to take so many buildings, and, uh, you know, there's a limited amount of time, and they can either decide to go over the open ground, uh, or through the woods, uh, but just basically, there's a lot of good toys for both sides. We, uh, kind of a simple scenario, and it's a lot of fun. 
Excellent. I believe I played it at uh, tur uh, tournaments we had gone to together last summer. Uh, or was it on Winter War? Winter, Winter War. Winter, Winter War. Champagne. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I had played it first. But it was. I remember being good. I don't have outstanding memories of what the situation was like. But my personal another one of my favorites is um, ASL Scenario B. Yes, folks, the Tractor Works. Classic oh. ASL. Have you played this, Jeff? I have played the Tractor Works. You did yeah. play the Tractor yes. Works. Yes. Well, Joe and I played. You guys did? Yeah. Um, this came out in, was it the was the, um, the old General Magazine, right? Well. Yeah, the General, because I've torn this right out of the magazine. And. But I was going to say, what I wanted to add was, more importantly, that's really Scenario 2 from uh, Beyond Valor. Uh, no, from... Not from or, uh, uh, or crescendo or of doom or something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's even. For, it's from the original squad. The original right, squad. The original squad. Yeah. They were converted were... over to. Yeah, and I like the fact that they were converting these. It gave them a sense of history. It was something I hadn't played. And oh wow, this is an original squad leader game, and now I have it for advanced. Even though I had never played the original squad leader, I thought that was great. And I kind of wish they had finished that all out. They never quite did. They did a lot of them. But I don't, I don't think they ever finished that out. Maybe there were some not such good scenarios in there. But what's beautiful about this is it's the player with undisputed control of at least six hexes of the Tractor Works building wins. Of course, it's Stalingrad, it's Soviet, it's German, it's, um, whoa, 12, uh, 20 squads versus 30 Russian squads. So it's you're just plowing through this, this uh, across the street, getting the Tractor Works. Of course, it's like... DCs and flamethrowers, which of course everybody loves those, although my DCs never seem to have an effect when they explode, and my flamethrowers often run out of flame very early. I don't know about you guys. But, um... Well, I've been on the receiving. Uh, I remember I played the uh, Russians on that, and Joe came running across the street with some demolition charges and just destroyed me. They worked. <clears throat> they worked very well. <laughs> okay. Because um, you got a place... Did you have... Russians in the front of the building, firing into the street at double oh, yeah. point blank, and he played smoke probably. But, but of course, or? I could. I had yeah. I was getting ones and twos for my smoke placement, and I just kind of intimidated him. I just, I had a ten three leader, uh, just like a herd of elephants, and it was pretty much. I think uh, it was fairly early in the uh, in the going for teaching Jeff how to play squad yeah. leader. I got scared. Okay, and <laughs> that's had, good. Yeah, I think you were actually shot. scared. I got, scared. I got actually scared. I played a vampire game at. Uh, Historical Miniatures Convention, HMGS, at the Marriott this last weekend, and a vampire game, and I think I started to get a little afraid, too, but please don't tell anyone that. No. Um, <clears throat> but my experience with the Tractor Works was, is the guy Wally, I mentioned a couple of shows ago, would taught me Squad Leader, and he, uh, I think the first time, let's see, he had all the Russians lined up in the building in the front, right? I came across, maybe I didn't get smoke or something, but I came across, and he's blasting me at point-blank fire, May have had some nags. You know, I don't remember, but I remember getting plastered trying to cross the street and said, there's no way the Germans can win this. So he said, all right, well, let's play this again. And so he reversed. We rever I said, okay, well, I'm getting to be the Russians. And I, or no, you, oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I, okay, let me scratch that. I was the Russians, and I lined up. And he, yeah, came across and he creamed me. So I said, there's no way, like Joe was just talking about, there's no way you can win with the Russians. You take the Russians. So Wally took the Russians. And get this. Here's a little tactical advice, perhaps. 
he sets up not in the front rows of the tractor works. He sets up back inside the, the, the tractor works. Inside the build, in, in the correct. So I can't. So I take these Germans and I'm like, all right, prep fire. I'm going to blast them away. Cross the street with DCs. There's no one there. Nothing to shoot at. Right. Oh, you man, you're going to let me win. So I step into the street and I advance into the building. And yeah, he opens up with point blank fire, and I have plus one cover for inside the tractor works. Oh. And I just thought this guy is a better player than I am. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, there you go. There's something to think about when you play this scenario. Do you set up in the front, or do you pull back within the works, yeah. let the Germans enter, and then you blast them at, at double with all the hexes loaded up with these machine guns and and so on. Um, I love that about the game because. Uh, there's different ways to play. All the scenarios I've played, there's different ways to play. You don't ever play the same ones twice, or you don't have to play. And I don't know if you've ever encountered, you guys have probably encountered scenarios that kind of play the same way all the time. Um, yeah, I think there's a few that may there must be a, There must be right, a few, right. yeah. but yeah. for the most part, all the ones that I've played, you can play them different each time, which makes it a great game. Yeah, even as such a subtle difference as taking these hexes in a building, you'd think... Well, you have to battle it out for the building, and yes, you do, but look how different yeah. that initial setup is. Right. So, <clears throat> Jeff, what about your favorite game? Well, I didn't prepare a favorite scenario for this episode because I was uh, doing my, going through my sock drawer. But um, <laughs> Joe and I have been, uh, in the weeks past, I've been talking about how Joe and I have been playing Tarwa, and our, we have been continuing... Uh, Taro, and I think we're, in, we're are we in turn two now, Joe? We're getting ready to go to turn three, and uh, yeah. again, I want to emphasize it took us something like sixteen hours of setup time alone. Uh, Jeff was very, very good about coming to my house for like four weeks in a row, three hours a night, and we never, we never played a game of squad leader. We, we, we just set up, setting up the uh, the OB, uh, reading the rules, trying to figure out uh, the right way to set it up, etc. And uh, and that was all very fun too. Actually, we had a good time just doing that. Yeah, but it was pretty hard coming home and saying to my wife, uh, you know, we didn't actually play. Yes, do not try this at home, yeah. beginner players. Yes. This is for experienced players only. It's a daunting task. But it, um, so we're almost into turn three, and it's it's been going pretty well. Uh, I've been doing really well. I would gloat more about this, Joe, if you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brag about the 37 asterisk, uh, those little I've infantry been, guns. Yeah, those, li the those little infantry oh, guns. Oh, yeah, you talked about asterisk. Did they take out a lot of uh, oh, vehicles Oh, man, just, just blowing the vehicles. Crossing the water? Yep. How many did you lose? Uh, you're keeping track, Jeff. I think, uh, I think we're up to, like, uh, it's got to be 10 or more yeah, yeah. LVTs that I've lost, and I'd say... 80% of them are, are due to these little 37 asterisk uh, they're, you know they're on the smaller support weapon size counter but yet they're they're uh, you know it's an anti-tank gun and with a three rate of fire yep and so I just and I've been getting some good I've been on a roll with some with the dice so they've been very very effective and um, when they stop being effective for the for those I can move them which is which I love about them yeah you they're, said that they're portable before. Um, so that's that's been going really well. I've been we're just getting to the point now where Joe's really piling onto the beach. So yeah, it's starting to get interesting. Yeah, you've hit the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm starting to get the toehold on uh, Invasion Beach One, which is like the some people refer to it as the beak. Um, it's the closest one to the edge of the board, and uh, luckily I'm able to to get on there to to 
get some of the Marines onto because the beach. once those Marines start closing in close combat, my experience is the Japanese usually lose, even with the hand-to-hand. Yeah. They play it right. You can avoid that hand-to-hand, right? Yeah, the firepower is just <clears throat> phenomenal for the yeah. Marines. But the problem is what I've encountered in also in our warm-up scenarios was that darn coconut uh, log seawall. Right. Uh, there's a plus four task check. To get over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means I got to get a four on two dice to to just to get over, and it just seems like I, I can never do that. And also, when I go to use the demolition charge, which they say you should, um, Jeff will testify that I think I had like out of seven demolition charges, what one one was able to breach the yeah. the seawall. Yeah, kind of what I was talking about earlier. My DCs don't seem to work that well for me, but um, okay. So you've left it right there, and yeah. So uh, we're. We're all set for the next... Uh, eight months. Yeah, the next eight months, at <laughs> I least. I think it's going to be two years, folks. But I, I wish Joe lived closer. I'm trying to get him to move closer. I am, too. So we're going to... Uh, Dave, I think we get together and uh, maybe buy him a house. And, well, that's a possibility. <laughs> Although, if I'm going to invest that $100 into a new microphone for the podcast, I'm not sure how much I can put down on the house after that. The uh, We like, in fact, all of our listeners to move toward the Arlington Heights, Palatine... Northwest oh, yeah. suburb area, please mm-hmm. start to migrate to this direction, and we can start to get real close yeah. and be able to game any night of the week because there'll be so many people living in this area. But on the other hand, uh, now's now's a chance to to put in a plug for my <laughs> for my own group that I've started. <laughs> if you live further out, maybe you, I get some people to move up in the uh, the uh, Upper Siberia part of Illinois, Wakanda. Uh, but actually, I've had some pretty good attendance. Uh, uh, Dave here, he made it, uh, I've had to ca- cancel my first couple episodes, or get-togethers because of snow, all the snow we're getting this year, um, but I've had some pretty good outings, and even, uh, back in October when I had my game day, I had ten people show up, so. So, uh, Dave, have you ever played a scenario as big as Tarawa? No. Or a campaign game? Yes. <laughs> but, but I don't want like to elaborate. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> not going to that. talk about it. Um, yeah, no, just very, very few. Uh, a very short one with a friend. His SS hall got wiped out real early, and it was a conf group piper. And then, so he, we quit that one, and then he got me to do one more, and I think we did three sessions. So it was no more than twelve hours, uh-huh. and we did a conf group, and it was cool. We had because you had two different ways of approaching the battle, two, you know, actually two or three different battles going on. Uh, one of which affected two of the others. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but, boy, it just is such a huge endeavor. But I think this summer, Joe, are we going to try and do a the monster game from Red Barricades? Well, I think we're going to try the largest um, scenario. Which is, let's face it, it's a, almost a campaign. It's like, yeah, it's like a campaign game. Like light. 16 turns. 80 squads each or something. And 80 per side, yeah. yeah. It was like 160-some-odd yeah, squads. That, that'll Ooh. do it for me. The last bid. The last bid, that's what it's called. Yep, yeah. that's it. You're going to ride your bike up to Joe's uh, each time? It's like 22 miles, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> 14 is a good ride for me. I'm pretty exhausted after 14 going hard, so I'll probably drive. No, the other night as we were playing, I said to Joe, I wonder how many people have actually played Tarawa. I bet, you know, a number of people... You always have a, a number of people that buy it, then the people that never take it out of the box, and those people that actually set it up and then never get any farther, and then those people that play one or two turns and never get any farther. And 
How many people do you think have actually played a scenario like Tarawa all the way through? Don't know. We'd like our listeners to contact us. Maybe let us know what what are you doing out there? Yeah, if you played one of these big games, let us know. I'd like to. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how people set it up. I mean, Joe's got a great setup because he he can set it up in a place in his basement where it doesn't get disturbed. But I'm sure, a lot of people don't have that luxury. You don't want to set it up on the ping pong table if your kids play ping pong. No, then that would not work. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many, Jeff? How many people did you say that do you think have actually played? My guess was... Uh, it was like a single-digit number. Yeah, know. four. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be. They're writing the whole gamer's alive. guide for it. Maybe huh? that's, they're writing the whole gamer's guide. Oh, those are the guys. Out. Those <laughs> are the four guys that played it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other 500 that pre-ordered it are just going <laughs> to read it. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. I mean, it's, read it and say, oh, yeah. I own this. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Excuse me. But Anyway, uh, so Joe... Why don't you tell us a little about your gaming history? We didn't hear anything about that, and Dave and I talked about our gaming history in the first one. How did you get into gaming? Well, for the record, I don't play D&D. I think you guys told us before. You, you guys bastard. Yeah. <laughs> no swearing. Oh, oh, there's no swearing in this no, game? No, remember, we're keeping this G-rated. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry, everybody. For, for all of you, uh, you know, pre-teens that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, as I was saying, uh, I started Squad Leader as a teenager in 1977. And by no means was I playing the game correctly. I'm sure uh, it was a lot of design-your-own scenarios where we would have all Tigers on one side and T-34s or whatever on the other. But we just had fun and uh, worked my way all the way up to uh, to GI Anvil of Victory. And what games did you play before that, though, to be honest and fair? Oh, okay, yeah. I used to yeah. play uh, figures, uh, tabletop, like Civil War, Napoleonics. Miniatures games. Miniatures, yeah. Miniatures. Uh, With your father. Yeah, my father started a club in Pennsylvania. And I think that is so cool. I really like that. Yeah, and then also for anyone out there, I'm really giving my, my age away here, but Fletcher Pratt, Fletcher Pratt rules. Uh, that's with the uh, ice, the 1700 Waterline Series battleships, and we just play in one big huge room on the floor with uh, measuring tapes and uh, poker chips for the splash marks. But that's where I got my start. And then from there, I moved on to the uh, miniatures, and then uh, then I discovered Squad Leader. And you played all the original Squad Leader scenarios, you think? Anvil, GI Anvil, and all that? Uh, a little bit, but mostly, again, it was mostly just doing the design your own. Okay. Because there's never enough tanks. When you're when I was a teenager, I always wanted the tanks, the demolition charges, the flamethrowers, and mm-hmm. you know, all the, the kitchen sink type scenarios. So uh, it just worked my way, and where I really got... Hooked on squad leader, I would say, was uh, with uh, Cross of Iron, with uh, where they really uh, uh, improved upon and expanded on the armor aspect of it, which is, to me, it's my favorite. Believe it or not, even though I'm playing Taro, which has very little uh, armor play, uh, especially when the Japanese have such uh, wimpy tanks, but uh, they are not <laughs> wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <laughs> little Toyotas. Watch who you're insulting. <laughs> we're going to see how long they last in our campaign game but uh, I really like that's that's what got me hooked on the, uh, the the tank hunting aspect of it so you know I see the uh, original squad leader stuff for sale on eBay once in a while should I buy it? no Okay. <laughs> I'm withdrawing my bids right now once you've gone advanced there's no going back yeah and, and I, I think yeah, there's no form. I mean, it's very. I could be wrong, but uh, uh, I don't think there's much out there in the way of uh, discussions or websites or. It's like Latin, a dead language. Uh, like maybe if you, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Now, in its defense, it was simpler, so of course it, yeah. they had to come out with. <laughs> so then they made this mega game advanced squad leader that no one can learn, and so they realized they had to go back to a starter kit philosophy. Well, but what was that like? Uh, what were the rules like on the original? It started with just um, like sixteen pages of rules, yeah, like a lot yeah, of the early Avalon right? rule games were. Yeah, but then it got, and then the whole reason why it metamorphosed into ASL was that uh, then when Cross of Iron came out, it was another rule book, and then pretty soon you had the uh, Crescendo of Doom, which was the third module, and there was another rule book. And so then pretty you just added like tanks, and then it added like oh, national, different nationalities, and different characteristics, and it wasn't it wasn't very uh, cohesive. It was. Uh, it just jumped around. It from in order to find one rule, you had to go to the one book. Not not that that's I guess any better with the new rule book, but it was very unorganized, and that's the whole reason why they decided to come up with the uh, rule book to consolidate it and charge more money again for product that you already own. No, just joking there. MMP yeah. <laughs> Avalon Hill, you wouldn't do that. Like no, they fourth edition D and D, which yeah. uh, we're not allowed to talk about on this show, but. Um, money generating move for Wizards of the Coast. Um, so then, oh, and then I guess continue with my, uh, my yeah, uh, with your, your yeah, with your history. Well, right when I got up to GI Anvil of Victory, uh, that's right about the time I went into the Navy, and so uh, did ten years in the Navy, and that's where uh, don't anybody start singing oh, Acres Away. Hey, that's pretty good, Dave. Can Thank you, you. Uh, a little bit louder? No. <laughs> He's giving me dirty looks. Um, yeah, so 10 years in the Navy, and that kind of uh, interrupted my, my squad leader play. Um, and then when I got out of the Navy, I figured, you know, with computers and games, uh, Halo 2, and I figured, nah, board games are probably, they don't even make squad leader anymore. But uh, through the amazing uh, powers of the Internet, I Googled it one day. And I saw that there was uh, actually a lot of discussion forums out there. And, uh, and then even through the MMP website, I discovered uh, Dave here and his uh, Palatine uh, group of squad leader players. And then I realized it's actually, uh, I think, undergoing a renaissance, actually, uh, just by looking at it like today, I think, is when I noticed that uh, Action Pack 4 is on pre-order. Action Pack 4? Yeah, tell more. us more. Tell us more. I didn't even know this was out yet. Yeah, yeah I was shocked. I, yeah, I just discovered today, and it's already, <clears throat> from what I can tell, within just a couple of days, it hit uh, over 400 pre-orders already. So, and I think the pre-order number is 500. It could be wrong. I just, as soon as I saw it was uh, available, I immediately had to get out my credit card. And um, how much is it? It's uh, it was 31 dollars with shipping for for one. So. It was about, I think, $16. Did, um, now when did they put this up? Because I checked in just like this week for my pre-orders because I have not received Valor of the Guards yet. No. And I called them even Friday and left a phone message. You think they'd call back? No. Um, you try and contact MMP. Yeah, MMP, listen to me here. Um, customer service complaints, I guess I should. But I try and email and it comes up with this, um, Outlook Express or something that I don't use, and then I can't send it from my. Uh, so, oh, <clears throat> I would think your site would have some easily accessible where I can go through Yahoo and. So I don't know. Maybe I should try something different. But if I leave a phone message, 
<clears throat> I expect someone to call me within 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. I called again today, Monday, so over the weekend, I guess, maybe they wouldn't call, but let's well, see if anyone I'll, calls I'll, me by Wednesday. I'll call you. Well, thank you. But Would that help? <laughs> no, because oh. I want to know where my Valor oh, is. Oh, yeah. And, and or Valor the Guards. Valor the Guards, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. But I think MMP needs to work on that. Uh, I don't yeah. know what your experiences are with them. I've never fine. actually ordered anything directly from them. I mean, when I've talked to the live people, they're fine, but there just seems, again, you should just say, don't leave any messages here. We're not going to call you back. Or, yeah. Uh, we'll call you back and, you know, maybe take three days because we're a small company. Put something on there so people know that. But you say it went up what day then? I didn't see it listed. Well, I noticed on Game Squad that uh, somebody was talking about how they were pre order number one and the post, the thread was started yesterday. So. Uh, I'm thinking it had to have been yesterday or the day before. It had to be fairly recently, uh, and the post has already shot up to, uh, like I said, the, the pre-orders have hit 400 plus, and multi-man publishing is trying a new method where they're going to, uh, when once something gets placed on pre-order, it's pretty darn close to getting shipped. Gone are the days of you put something up and. and six years goes by and it's still on pre-order. They've really tried to, and I, I think they've improved on that because um, Few Returned was not on pre-order for very long. Before That's it was, true, although Guards was. Well, Guards, yeah, that was the last they, they inherited. I mean, they, that was something that the new group of people there at MMP uh, inherited, I think. But as far as Few return, uh, Mark Pet Cabbage uh, did all the work for them, but they still had to... to uh, Print up the new boards in the in the starter kit style. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, good. I hope they do continue to have a quick turnover. Although, um, I still think I have. I quit buying. Uh, MMP, you'll love me for this. I quit purchasing any non-official product. I'm free. I'm free of trying to bury myself beneath stacks of scenarios and buying them and not ever playing any of them. Um, and I am not able to work through all the scenarios I have already, um, and it's playing once a week. So I'll, you know, there's surely plenty of, of product just from MMP out there to keep you busy. Um, but a, as a future topic for a future show, Jeff, maybe we should think about discussing those uh, non-official products. Oh, that's a good Probably. idea. I've had yeah, some experience should. with some of them, and I know yeah. some people are critical of, of other products. Some are believers in them, so yeah. be something to talk about. There's a whole lot of product out there. Um, Joe, you mentioned you were in the Navy. Can I step back to that? I remember you told me once about island exploring. Yeah, I was very fortunate, and towards the end of the uh, my time there, uh, I was a, an Airedale. So uh, what? An Airedale, aviation type dog? in the Navy. It's a, a dog. Yes, <laughs> it's a dog. It's a type of dog. But no, that's uh, I was a, uh, in aviation. Worked on helicopters. Got to go on uh, aircraft carriers for uh, my record was eighty five continuous days at sea and I don't recommend that on to any anyone <laughs> at the age of 21 like I was uh, I hated it at the time but now I look back at it with uh, fond memories but uh, one of the things was well, I was stationed in Japan and uh, of course pilot carrier pilots uh, have to practice landing so many times before they can get carrier qualified and the Japanese population was complaining about the noise around the air base in the Tokyo suburbs so um, interestingly, the island of Iwo Jima uh, is a Japanese Navy base, and it was proposed to the Americans to fly out 
it's a two-hour flight to Iwo Jima and fly out to Iwo Jima and do their practice landing there. Well, of course, airplanes break down, so they would always have to fly us uh, maintenance types out to the island for one or two weeks at a time. And even though we worked long hours, uh, we still they gave us enough time to explore the island. And me being the history buff that I am, I knew exactly where to go. And uh, so I, I was lucky. I went there nine times. And the caves, there's 2,000 caves uh, for you people who know the history of the island and the battle. And every year they reopen X amount of caves. Uh, the Japanese engineers come out and open up whatever caves they can for that, that summer when it's cooler, or I'm sorry, the fall. And then they get the bones out, and then they, they, they built a Buddhist temple on the island, and then they, they burn the bones right there and have a ceremony. But once that's wow. done, they allow anybody to go into the caves, and that's when I used to, if I could time it right, if I got there at like a week or two after the Japanese had left, uh, there was a lot of good souvenirs that they uh, left uh, behind. And uh, that was that was one of the highlights of my uh, time in the Navy, I would say. I would think so. So you've been on Iwo Jima and you saw Mount Suribachi? Yep. Do I have the right one? Yeah. Yep. Yes, Suribachi went to, that was the first thing I did, walked along Invasion Beach, uh, um, sat there and drank a few beers That's to the... That's pretty uh, amazing. That's yeah, cool. Talk about hallowed ground. And, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, as a Navy guy, I, I couldn't stand the Marines when I was in the Navy, but uh, we'll, you know, they, we'll they, forgive they, them that. <laughs> they they picked on us quite a bit, and uh, but uh, looking back at it now, I have nothing but respect for those guys for what they did. Uh, but fascinating, fascinating experience. Can I go to visit Iwo Jima today? No, they uh, it's a close. There's no one live living there. It's it's two miles by five miles. It's nothing but a pretty much a big runway and some barracks. And uh, the Japanese, the Japanese, to me, I think they're lucky. Uh, I don't think they would agree, but they they go there for one year. They they would assign them for it's called hardship duty. I don't see what the, is hardship about that, but <laughs> they go. They have to spend a year there, and, uh, uh, and then they rotate out back to their. That uh, doesn't sound too good to me. It's depends, not a. It's depends. not. Not a Hilton. There. It depends what's on the menu, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the the chow hall wasn't so good, but for me, I could just. Uh, unlimited time to explore the island uh yeah each time i went there i would read before i would go there i would read a little bit so i went to uh nishi ridge which read is a, like, um, a part of the battle yeah, uncle barry finn yes <laughs> okay historical research i would yeah i would read the uh, the battle of iwo jima book and uh basically just uh pick out an area i want to to explore and so one of my favorites was hill 362 alpha which anybody who knows the battle uh, knows that, uh, and even from the recent movie, that that was where a couple of the uh, Iwo Jima flag raisers uh, were killed. Uh, I want to see actually what this looked like. In, in the books, it's described as this big hill, big almost like a mountain. But when you see it in person, it, it's tiny. I, I can't see how you know thousands of guys died to take this thing. It was just it was little and it was filled with a lot of tunnels, uh, but still a lot smaller than what I thought. Excellent. Um, no, really amazing. That's just yeah, and it's amazing. Now I, I've been to Joe's house and I've seen these little um, were they plain dice and sake cups and things. What do, what do you have? They yeah, look the, like, look well, like wait, I'm sorry. First of all, something like that. What I just said, I may have made up. Was it legal for you to take those? Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, okay. And what I said was true. <laughs> the main thing was they they wanted to. No one was allowed to go into the caves until they the Japanese went in there and they got the bones. That was the most uh, 
the sacred thing was the, and the respectful thing. And Absolutely. in no way would I go in and and, uh, and do anything that was illegal. It was it, it totally it was it was permitted. It's just that you had to wait until they were done clearing any human remains. That was the big thing. Mm. And the Japanese themselves left a lot of these uh, souvenirs lying underneath the uh, the, the sand. It's not like they went in there looking for everything. A lot of it usually you had to dig around, sift around, look in a corner. And these caves, these these tunnels just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper you went, it's it's a sulfur island, so the hotter it got. And and it was over a hundred degrees. But at the same time, they have these nasty, nasty, scary centipede insects that oh, climb all around. They were poisonous, and so. You, you had to dress up. You had to cover your neck because if they landed on your skin or your neck or um, anything like that, they stung you. It was pretty bad. So on top of that, and then I, I, I can't stand insects as it is, but I overcame my What's fear. What's that on your shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And I got one that, that's preserved in alcohol, too. I even brought one of those back. Oh, you didn't show me that. I thought I did. No. Next time you're at my house, I'll show you. It's I would remember that. Green, yellow, red. It's like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, I got to see that. Huge. It's huge. Oh, so you've seen it, right? Yes. I did not see this. I thought it was... I thought it was just a rubber thing he got at the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, it was... Oh, uh, you have to come speak to my class as well. We we actually have, coming into my classes, I teach some junior high students. Um, Wednesday, I have two veterans coming, World War II veterans, so I'm quite excited about oh, that. Oh, wow. And maybe next show I can you know, mention a little about who they are and whatnot, but I think, Joe, you'd be great to come in and bring these artifacts and the centipede. That would be a real winner. Yeah, yeah. I, people laugh and they're like, "Why the heck did you bring that thing back?" And uh, it actually, I brought it back it was in alive your, in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't help it. Well, there were guys that that was the horror story on the island. The guys would uh, during the day it would get so hot while you're working that guys would throw their coveralls on the ground, mm -hmm. and then once it started getting sunset and getting a little cool, the guy would go grab his uh, coveralls, put them back on. Well, by that time, one of those nasty centipedes crawled in there, and I remember this one guy just jumped off the wing of the aircraft, fell on the ground, and, and was screaming. Oh. They found out he got stung in the stomach by one of these things. Whoa. And two weeks later, I seen the guy uh, back on the mainland, and uh, he was still having problems. He's still uh, irritated, still burned a little bit. I mean, it was like, I don't know, wow. jellyfish bite. It was just really, really bad. Yeah. Nasty. Well, I love that kind of stuff, Joe. That's it. I could talk about that kind of stuff for and endlessly, but getting back to the game, do you have a favorite gaming moment you want to tell us about? Oh, yeah. Where do you start? There's so many in this game, which is good. That's what I like about it. But a recent one is uh, I had a chance to play uh, Elephants Unleashed, which was one of the scenarios played at the recent ASL Open. Uh, I played that against Mike Stubitz, and I was the Germans. It's a mid-war, Eastern Front, uh, Russian versus German, obviously. Uh, but the interesting thing about this one I liked was uh, the Germans had the uh, famous elephant gun, uh, elephant tank. That was like the... Uh, elephant gun. I thought we were in Africa. <laughs> yeah. We were in the darkest Africa. <laughs> yeah, the elephant tank, which was the precursor to the tiger. It was the, uh, 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 what do you call it, self-propelled gun version of the yeah. tiger. Mm -hmm. And so the scenario gives the Germans three of these. And they have to either get so many victory points off the board or take all the buildings and basically my setup was just terrible as, as far as a wrong strategy uh, 
I set everything off. My strategy was everything set to the right, and I was going to go for the exit conditions. Uh, I've never done anything like that in my lifetime, but continue. <laughs> well, they always say you should you should spread out and uh, either make the opponent feel like you're going for the buildings in the middle of the board, or just to keep them guessing. I just decided I, I was going to go for the intimidation factor with these three elephants going up against. I was outnumbered. I had T-34s, and then the and then the Russians have some Su-152s. Long story short, I, did, I just liked on how, um, even with critical hits, uh, Mike was still unable to destroy these tanks, and I just pretty much rolled through the uh, through the defense, and uh, it was just a fun scenario. It was actually the first time I ever, I think, played with these elephant tanks, uh, and I didn't realize how they have like a 18 frontal armor and an 8 on the side, and even the Su-152 couldn't, uh, uh, Mike got a uh, critical hit. Needed a nine or under to to kill it, and he rolls a ten. Yep, there you go. So uh, it was just a fun scenario. Excellent. Do you yeah. like to do tournaments at all? Yeah. Oh, as far as go to tournaments. Yeah. Do you go to tournaments? Do I go to tournaments? No, I've never been to a tournament. I thought about it. <laughs> that counts for something. But no, I've never been. <laughs> I, I like. I kind of. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. I kind of like the little group that I play with, and. Uh, I don't want to play with a bunch of strangers. Am I in that little group? You're yes. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Well, I, I wouldn't say no to your face. Dave. <laughs> I may edit something in later. Though. I noticed you have missed a PAASL <laughs> game or two just recently, so I'm starting to wonder. But um, Joe, you've been to a tournament or two, three? Yeah, last year I went to First uh, Winter War. I, I after all these years of playing, ah. a friend of mine uh, told me I should try uh, Winter War down in Champagne. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I went there and I, um, I did terrible. I I, I was zero and five, but uh, I met some cool people, met some inter interesting people. But then it dawned on me that uh, I, um, how fortunate I am. I have Dave and his group. I've started my own group up north. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, there's just, I, I can't even count off the top of my head right now how many face-to-face -face players I have. Right, yeah. and you play individually with Jeff. I'll yeah. play individually with you if you want to give me a call. I mean, yeah. I play with um, Timonen and so on. It's, it, it is. There's, yeah. We're very lucky uh, here. Yeah, and, lucky. and so I spent, I, I spent, yeah, and this is just my opinion because I know there's a lot of good people out there. They like the, the thrill of trying to uh, the win a tournament. But to me, I, I drove three hours. I went down there. And I didn't leave that room the whole weekend. And it was just, I, I sat at the table. It took hours and hours and hours to, to, to play all those games. And they're, even though they're short little five-turn scenarios, a lot of them, it's still, uh, you spend, like Saturday you play, I think there's three rounds? Yep. Or four? Three, three. typically. And, yeah, and so I was, I was playing from 9 in the morning until midnight. Um, you missed all the sights of Champagne, the beautiful <laughs> sights of Champaign-Urbana, yeah. the mountains. Well, as Joe says, you know, one of the things I like when I go away for a weekend, when, let's go out to a nice dinner with our yeah. friends and sit around for an hour, have a relaxing dinner. Right. And you get playing these people who are real slow. Has that ever happened? Well, yeah, one of them, yeah, one of them towards the end was, was slow. But, uh, yeah, there was no chance even that the he people... He was trying to that. starve you out, wasn't he? <laughs> was that it? It, it seemed like it. I was the, the, the cleaning people were cleaning the... Uh, I, you know, the I think some of them were vacuuming out. up your counters as you're going, hey, hey. Our table was the last table set up. and. Uh, well, I think if they do, you know, and I show my anxiousness, like, oh, you know, it's getting to be 
five or six, and the next round starts at seven. Um, and then they, I think they start to go real slow, knowing I'm going to just say, ah, just yeah. take the game. I'm, I want to go get a burger. That's terrible. You know? And I, you know, I suspect that. But I've had good experiences at some tournaments and some bad ones also. Um, and um, I guess there was, do you remember the guy at Winter, I went to Winter War, was it Winter War? Yeah. With with Joe. And um, do you remember the guy from New York? Yeah, Treza. Well, no names oh. allowed on the show. Uh, Mr. T, um, he would, he was swearing a lot and stuff, and talking with the New York accent, and, uh... He was my roommate, and... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. Great guy, great, he rode oh, with good. me, he I rode with me in the, uh, Mr. in the car. T, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I got... No, from, from, from New York? Yeah. He he flew into Chicago. We oh. pick, we picked him up at Midway Airport. Oh, fantastic! He's a uh, professional referee. And yes, he is. I would stereotype him as that. He is very. He looks like a referee. He's very <laughs> a nice guy. Uh, very good player. Uh, knows his roles, and very good strategy. Um, so yeah, and, I mean because I rode down with him, so it, that was like I got a chance to talk to him. But as far as meeting other people in the tournament, oh, sorry, do you, do you remember what he did this Sunday before we left? Oh yeah, where, where he threw the uh, the yellow flag yeah, across the room. Came in, oh. and it was very hilarious. Came in with the yellow flag, and he goes, and he stood up and and blew yelled, the whistle. Blew the whistle. <laughs> Everyone looked at him, and he went, "That's a penalty on a so and so for whining like a baby during the game," and you know stuff like this. And it was very hilarious. And then I was like, "Oh, this guy is much cooler than I was thinking." Just here, walking by him and hearing him, you know. You know, it's being very intimidating or just New York-ish and something. No offense to my New York friends, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a gentle soul. So if you play me in Advanced Squad Leader, you can intimidate me at the next tournament. <laughs> <laughs> or punch you out. But yeah, or starve me out. Yeah. I'll throw the game and yeah. you can go to, I'll go to dinner and, you know. You, oh. but, but basically it was just, I mean, you can always, uh, all the time you can play. Nowadays the, the current generation of scenarios are, tend to be the short side five six turns and uh, kind of what that's where again where i'm fortunate with the with all the amount of face-to-face players i have and in my club and that's where i've taken my club and with jeff's help here is to is i really want to go into the uh, historical games the ones where i mean i have the room to set up the game leave it set up for weeks months at a time and those are the ones that uh, you can't play that much because most of the time you just don't have the setup area or the time to play it and so now i'm finding uh, like we're playing Taro, uh, we're going to play the Guadalcanal, the Operation Watchtower after that, I think, if we're not uh, totally burnt out. And I'm also getting ready to start up uh, uh, Valor of the Guards campaign game four with some other guys. So, and we're doing our barricades in the summer. And we're so. going to do our red barricades, uh, <coughs> the, the final bit. Yes. You're going to have to put last a revolving bit, door. Bit. Yeah, yeah, you are. I'll, I'm sure I'll call you up. Can we play this week? No, I'm doing these other things. Can we play next week? Yeah. No, I'm doing these other things. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting popular. It's uh, there's a lot of good uh, team players here. Well, I have a tournament story if I can share it. It's my favorite. Please do. You guys have heard it before. Um, um, let's see, my friend. Well, my experiences were more my friend Jim, Mr. M, and I drove to Ohio to do a tournament, and is it? Youngstown? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, Youngstown, Ohio. Maybe Oktoberfest or something. I don't even know what it was called. And we had a pretty good time. And we were younger. 
you know, and I think we had more endurance and so on, but it didn't seem too long. And I, then I did go to the Chicago um, tournaments, and I had a good experience at the Ohio one, and, and my first Chicago tournament called the ASL Open, right? Yeah, um, yeah. About 100 guys, and I was playing along, and I was doing okay. I had won a couple games, and it was shorter, too. Then it was like just, I think, five games, a Friday night, a three-day on Saturday, and a Sunday morning, and you were out of there. So it wasn't this, you know, two, three games on Friday, coming Thursday night for the extended championship game and all this. And um, an angel just got his wings. <laughs> Uh, Joe went and got his phone. That's okay, Joe. We'll keep going. And the um, um, this is short tournaments so was nice for a weekend. Yeah. I think it may have been four games. No, it was probably five. And uh, we had a good experience there. And then I f was playing a guy named Scott from Chicago. Found out later when I got the newsletter mailed back to me at home, the report from the tournament, that I was actually playing for, I think, fifth or fourth place in the standings. And Whoa. in that last game, I had forgot to bring a vehicle on at the end. Um, Germans crossed in a lot of fields, and I think the Americans or someone can bring on this one little vehicle at the end. We can lay a fire lane down, you know. Um, well, can vehicles do fire lanes? Interesting question. But it had a machine gun on it, and um, it would be very critical. And, and the guy just barely beat me. And I'm like, oh, I didn't bring my vehicle. And he goes, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know. But I didn't want to tell you it's a tournament and so on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's fine. You know, you've been a great player, and he was a great guy. Um, so I had a good experience there. And then Jim and I played that same ASL tournament again, so I guess that was three. Then I did win more with you, that was four. I may have done five, but um, at the second ASL experience, open experience in Chicago, uh, my friend played an opponent on a Friday night who beat him, and I, I walked up right at the end of it and said, oh, how's it going? I finished my game. Well, how's it, you know, who's winning? Or who, and, oh, we're done. Oh, who won? And, uh... My friend Jim says, oh, he did, gesturing to the guy across the table. And, and then they're like, okay, well, let's clean up. And the guy says, oh, I can't, i got to go. And he got up, and he left the whole table of stuff, all the pieces laying out there. So the next morning, I wake up, and I see that my opponent is the same guy who left oh. all the pieces on the table and beat my friend Jim. I'm like, oh, crud. <laughs> no, I don't want to play this guy. Well, another example of tournaments. So 8 a.m. start, I got my rear end up out of bed at 8 a.m., and no show. Okay, half an hour, no show. Mm -hmm. Rule state, game can be called after half an hour late or something. Yeah. Um, they forfeit my win. So I say to the judge, I think I win. <laughs> like, get a little revenge on this guy right away. Um, and, uh, well, why don't we wait? Why don't you just go ahead and you pick the scenario and you set up a defense and he won't get any choice in what game to play. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't research games before I would go to these things very much. But, all right, I picked Tussle at Thomas off. And he's got to get in this building at the end. And he shows up. I go, okay. Now he's going to beat me. And we play and play. And then it comes to the last turns. And he has to take that last house with these British troops coming across some open ground. But... And I have, I'm, I'm in the last house, and suddenly I realize, I, this may be a little bit of a strategy tip, um, if I just step out of this house and surround it with myself, he can't move into it, right? You have to stop right, yep. and advance into the hex with the enemy. Yeah. He, you can't reach the house. And suddenly I'm, I'm going to win. <laughs> and 
I, so I advance out, you know, even a, even a leader or whatever, and a half squat here and a squad there, and that's all I had left. And he starts to count movements, and he starts to count to go around me. Oh, he comes up close and realizes, wait, I can't get in. And he starts to count to go around the back. And he runs short of movement, which, of course, I had already, you know, quickly yeah. counted up to. He's not going to get in around the back. And then he goes, I don't think I can win. And I said, yeah. no, I, I don't think you can. <laughs> and with a little too much joy there, you know. And uh, he goes, oh, okay, your game. I'm like, all right, thanks. Well, you know, let's pack it up. He goes, no, nah, I don't have time. And he walked away. Oh. <laughs> Again, it's two in a row. So that kind of experience. And then I yeah. played a guy at that Winter War late to start. And I, he said, I didn't have time to eat. I said, why don't you go grab some food? And I thought he'd come right back with the food. He stayed away for like 45 minutes eating. And then That's when he came back, wrong. I'm like, That's wrong. you know, we were supposed to, okay, let's get going. So, of course, what happened at the end of that game? When it got dinner time, and yeah. I, I forfeited. Yeah. Like, you know, fine, you just win. You just win. You, know? you think I, this, I mean, I, What are you thinking? I mean, do you think that's a tactic some of these people do? Like, they're that's purposely an interesting jerks? question. I don't know. Well, I, and I shouldn't say they're jerks, but even though they are. But <laughs> now, is this part of that's their strategy? Are they playing this as part of their strategy? Like, because uh, they extend beyond the strategy of the game and they go into the strategy of how to play a tournament. Just that by. is a good question. One other experience at Winter War. Um, oh, and the thing about beating this guy. So, again, it was my greatest victory moment, I think, in my history. Um, was I realized he could have stepped into close combat, of course, and if he rolled snake eyes. Yeah, you get to withdraw. He could have gone into the he, building, but he, could he go in that direction, I guess, is my question. Oh, don't know. That's a good point. Or would he have or, to go back from what I, think, I thought it was from when the hex you came from. No, I think it... Well, there's a question for us yeah, all. But, um, but also, if I just had the leader blocking one of the hexes, what can you also do? Yeah, overrun. Oh, infantry overrun. Expend a little extra movement point, and you could push that leader out of that hex, which I realized all that after the game ended. But my other experience at Winter War was with um, a guy who said, uh, I said, oh, what do you want to play? And I said, oh, let's play this scenario. It's it's new, it's from the journal. And, and he goes, oh, well, let's play this one. It's from Onslaught to Orsha. And I went, well, I have that. It's still sitting in its original packaging. Um, okay, I could you insist? Well, I'd really like to try this, you know, and uh, I haven't done it, and blah, blah, blah. And, well, okay, let's try on Slot to Orsha. And we start playing this thing, and then I find out there's these airplanes that have these super heavy guns, and he starts blowing away my tanks, and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. I'm not that fresh on the air support rules. And he goes, no, no, these are special planes from the game. And I'm thinking, well, you said you hadn't played this before. And then he goes, uh. you know, my friend play-tested, my friend designed these scenarios. And he kind of let it slip like he had play-tested. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, wait man. a minute. You know, I agreed to play Onslaught to Orsha. Um, so, See, that's it. I'm not playing tournaments. Tournament advice. Um, well, that's not my When you do, don't, you know, dice for things. Dice for things. Uh, do we want to play this? No. Why insist on it? Why insist on this one? Okay, dice it off. I mean, yeah. always be a little aware that someone might be have, have really researched the thing and really yeah. 
um, especially if it's a non-official ASL or you know ASL product. Joe, uh, I agree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> start a sentence. No, no, I wasn't. No, I'm just. Um, yeah, and then sometimes there's scenarios that don't work well, and they used to in the old ass lock. No. Yeah, yeah. I never. Yeah, I don't have Oktoberfest, ass lock. That's what it was. You could go there and just suggest any scenario at all. There was no official list. Mm -hmm. So at least having a list now is better. It's a little more controlled, I think. Yeah. But and so they would go and suggest these scenarios that everyone knew that if you just dig in in that last exit hex, there's no way the opponent's going to get off that road hex. Yeah. If you dig in and stuff like that, which I never knew about, and so they'd say, "Oh, you want to play this one?" And then you go, "Yeah," and I want the Americans, okay. And then they'd start digging in turn one <laughs> on the exit hex, and you'd be like, well, "That's strange," you know. So sometimes there's things like that that can happen in a tournament, also. Well, don't you think they should have tighter rules on this kind of stuff, though? Well, I think so that this kind of stuff can't happen because that was a big that, discussion really on Game low. Squad. There was a big oh, was discussion it? about uh, tournament directors enforcing ah, yes. rules. Uh, I was I was a part of that discussion. So the rules are there, but they're not enforced. Rules like well, starting on time. Like yeah, starting on time, enforcing it. Sometimes that wasn't enforced, and then. Or enforcing if there's a three-hour limit on a game, call the game and call it. Yeah, unless it's unless it's like for the the tournament championship, and it's these last two guys, and whoever wins this is going to get first place in the trophy. Then okay, maybe maybe extend it. But like for me, in my case, I was it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I'd been going six hours on a on like a five-turn scenario. The cleaning crew was disassembling the other tables. And I was like, "Hey, can we call this game?" And it was like, "Well, no, you know, the the, the other guy might win. You know, it's still in doubt." And uh, so, it's just to sum it all up, it, it was getting to be it was too much like work. It was like, <laughs> so I just enjoy playing with a really good round of friends. I mean, there's like ten, twelve guys around in this area, and then you know, there's no. It's like, hey, you want to be the Germans? That's fine. You know, it's just. There's no hassle about trying to set up a game. And play. Both of you guys were burned out after that Winter Wars. I remember you guys coming home, and neither one of you wanted to talk about squad leader. And I was shocked. I mean, that was a that was a first. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was like majorly disappointed. Yeah, in fact, Joe, I played. Uh, it, it's true. I have to admit, it's a long weekend, and it's a tiring game mentally. And so I was playing Joe. Right on your last game on Saturday? Yeah, and I was pre Yeah. <laughs> you had these Italians. Wait, or was I Italian? I don't know. I think you were the Italians and I was the British, but it was just... And he had to come down the street and take all this little territory all the way down, and he was just, like, <laughs> moving like zombie troops down <laughs> the streets. And I was, like, walking up and shooting him in the head. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, I was Those trying to put brains, myself on. And I'm yeah. walking up. Okay, he's dead, Joe. You came in the street. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm coming to get you. The That's 3KIA. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Zombie. Zombie yeah. British. Yeah, I realize how hard it is to play, to play the game uh, for that many hours consecutively and try to concentrate. But thanks for giving me that last game on yeah. Saturday night. I helped you out. <laughs> and we were both like, oh, the heck with this. Let's go to get some dinner but I you know I did get in a nice dinner with my friend because we drove down together and stuff and again and life's a little bit more than this but well, <laughs> well we bad mouth um, tournaments enough um. yeah well it'd be interesting to see uh, if we do a tournament in the future we can report back on it and see yeah see if I, we have a different experience would you do one ever again Joe do an update at this point uh, not maybe 
Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I would, <laughs> put me on the spot, Dave. Uh, well, here's my question. Here's my question. Is it important to be in tournaments? I don't think so. No, yeah. not really. Not really. Some people really take it like it's the only... It's the only thing that no. counts is when you're playing in tournaments. Oh, no, heavens no. And, but the good yeah. thing is, though, really, and, and this, you, you learn what you're playing wrong. So when I played squad leader, my yeah. friend Wally taught me, and then I taught everyone else in my circle. This is before Joe came and Jeff and people who would read the rules. And when you start <laughs> teaching your circle of friends the rules, and they're not reading the rules... You, start you could teach to, them a wrong rule. Exactly. And nobody, yeah. nobody catches you right. on it. Like yeah. a self-rally, um, we were self-rallying on every turn, both nationalities. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I go to the tournament, I start to go, I'm going to self-rally, and the guy says, it's not your turn. Oops. I know, so what? I mean, right. you're supposed to both self-rally, one per thing, it says. No, it doesn't. They show me that. I said, thank you very much. Yeah. And so you can refine your game, you oh, can yeah. learn things and like I said I had a good experience my first couple of tournaments you know first two yeah it took the next ones to, to bog down a bit so yeah. so well Joe it's been great having you on the show but absolutely I think, great and I think we need to kick you out now because Dave and I want to be alone <laughs> yeah, it was great uh, great great for uh, thanks for having me well, yeah, really. And you'll have to come back with more stories. Yeah. Well, Hopefully if I don't bore everyone to death. But no, yes. in fact, having you, I think, has made this a more interesting show. So thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Glad to hear. So we'll see what's uh, what's coming up for the next show. We, as always, we like to hear input from anybody. And uh, so send us an email or drop us a line. Candy Graham, we've uh -huh. said before. Always, always glad to take that. Uh, Dave, do you have anything else you want to Nope, just here. thanks for listening, and we hope thanks to so. make another episode soon. So, roll low, and may the dice be with you, but not when you're playing us. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye.